the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Stand Up For Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up For Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. On the program today, we are going to continue the teaching series. Uh, this is this today's program will be part four in my teaching series from started in Matthew chapter twenty four about signs of the end of the age. Now, I will tell you just as a little bit of a review, and if you haven't caught some of the previous three programs, let me kind of give you a snapshot of why I'm teaching on this and where it's coming from. Listen, I. You know, this. these are some amazing times we're living in right now, folks. And as we continue to witness things that are taking place on the world scene, things that are taking place in our own country, is anybody else out there scratching their head saying, what in the world's going on? What are we doing? How do we get to this place? What direction are we headed? Or are we even headed in any certain direction? Listen, I'm a, I'm a parent, I have grown children, and I have grandchildren. And, you know, I'm a man in his mid-60s. I don't know how much longer I have. Hopefully Jesus comes and raptures all true believers very soon, which I believe that will happen soon. I don't know if I'm going to be alive for the rapture. I hope I am. But God's will be done. And if it's God's will for me to go home to be with heaven... The Apostle Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I I will tell you, I don't want to be here one day longer than the Lord has planned for me, but I also don't want to go one day before God has planned for me. But I will tell you, and I don't mean to sound grave about this, I'm very concerned. If Jesus doesn't come back soon, I'm very concerned for my, my children and my grandchildren. Because... This world is changing so quickly. Stop and think about something. If you really went back and looked at kind of the world scenario and the state of the world 20 years ago, and then sped for 10 years, you'd go, oh my gosh, look how much it changed from 20 years ago to 10 years ago. And then do that same thing from 10 years ago to five years ago, and then do that same exercise from five years ago to now. You know, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said these, when he started talking about the signs of the, the end of the age and right before his coming, he said to be, these are the beginning of sorrows. And that's in Matthew chapter 24. I'll actually read that verse to you because it's important that you understand what's happening. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says in verse, first of all, he's given some signs. He says, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. And Jesus makes an odd comment. He says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And I will tell you that phrase, the beginning of sorrows, is the Greek word odin, O-D-I-N. And it means birth pains or labor pains. That's a peculiar statement for, for Jesus to make. But Jesus never made peculiar statements without a purpose. So when Jesus said these are the beginning of labor pains or birth pains, just stop for a minute and you just tell me. What are labor pains? What, what happens when a woman begins to have labor pains? Well, pretty simple answer there. We all know that the first transaction or first labor pain comes, and then they begin to get stronger and stronger, and they get closer and closer together, and it continues until you actually have the birth, the event. My wife and I right now, my wife Micah, her and I are going through a study in the book of Revelation. And she made a comment the other day as we were reading through Revelation. She said, you know, these signs that the Revelation gives about the, the, in the tribulation, um, these things are happening right now, not to the full extent that they will during the tribulation, but they're happening quicker and quicker, and they're coming faster and faster, and they're getting more and more severe. That's the birth pains. These are the beginning of sorrows that Jesus talked about. And, folks, I will tell you, in case you, a couple of things here. First of all, we are living in the beginning of sorrows right now. We are living in, the, in these birth pains that Jesus talked about. And the second thing I will tell you, because I have people ask me sometimes, Craig, do you think we're in the tribulation? Now, I want to give you some peace about something. As things are going awry right now, and things seem to like they're coming off the rails, and they are, they will continue down this road. And it, you may you might say, well, look, and they can call it global warming. They can call it whatever they want. I, I laugh when they say Mother Earth. There is no such thing as Mother Earth, folks. There's only one thing, and he's called Father God. And things are accelerating in intensity and frequency. But this is all part of the plan This is all part of future events that are unfolding. These are part of the birth pains, the the beginning of sorrows that Jesus talked about. And it's happening with natural, in the natural world. It's happening from a society viewpoint. It's happening from a moralistic viewpoint. It's happening from world events. Folks, if you want to know what's happening right now and you want to know what's going to continue to happen, get into God's Word. Because God's Word explains exactly what's happening right now and what will continue to happen and what will happen into the future. But I want to give you some peace. When people have asked me, are we in the tribulation? Folks, hear me clearly. When we enter into the tribulation period, there will be no doubt that we have entered into the tribulation. And if you are a sincere, true follower of Jesus Christ, let me give you some peace. You will not be here for the tribulation. Does that mean things are going to continue to get worse before Jesus comes for us? Yeah, they're getting worse day by day. It's getting crazier. Things that we didn't think that were possible three years ago. Three years ago, I don't think we we really thought we'd have transvestite dancing in our kindergarten classes. I didn't think three years ago we'd have people 
saying to to five and six year olds it's okay for you to transition and become a different a, a different sex think, think, we didn't think we'd have pedophiles asking for equal rights three years ago, but it's happening now. Things are out of control, but there is one who sits on his throne who is not wringing his hands thinking, "Oh, this is out of control." God is on his throne, folks, and he knows exactly what's happening. And all things are under his control. And if you're a follower of Christ, you do not have to fear the future because soon, and I don't know the day, week, hour, month, year, but soon, whatever that may mean, God will tell Jesus, go get all my church, go get the true believers and that we will be removed from this planet, and we will enter into a seven-year period that the Bible describes known as the tribulation period. And we are very close to that. But if you're one of these people and you're thinking, have we entered the tribulation? Hear me clearly. Relax. Have peace about this. Because if you're a follower of Christ, we have not entered into the tribulation. And if you are not a follower of Christ, I beg you, I encourage you, do not put this choice off. Do not put this decision off any longer because um, it could happen today. It could happen next week, next month, next year. I don't know, but it's going to happen. What God says will happen will happen. So the last three weeks I've been teaching on Matthew chapter 20. I started in Matthew chapter 24 talking about the the signs that Jesus said these will be the signs at the end of the age just before his coming. In Matthew chapter 24, I I taught from the the first 14 verses, and after the first 14 verses, I I took a a leap last week and went over into 1 Timothy chapter 4 where Paul talks about it, and I want to get into that just in a second. But I want to give you kind of an overview of this entire teaching series Back over in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says something interesting in verses 32 and 33. And I want to read this to you so you can understand that my entire teaching series about here about the end time signs, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 32, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves you know that summer's near. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you look at a fig tree in the springtime, it's going to become tender and it's going to put forth leaves. And when you see that sign, you know that summer's coming. And he says in verse 33, so you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the door. In other words, Jesus says, the signs that the Bible gives you about the very last days before my return and he and I, listen, don't skip over it. Don't miss these words of Jesus. They're all important. He said, when you see all these things. Folks, one of the signs of the very last days is called convergence. In other words, if we just saw a, a few signs, this sign and this sign, but we didn't see these signs yet. We don't see these signs yet. But we see this sign, but we don't see these signs. Listen, it, it's not, we're not there yet. Jesus says, when you see all these things, in other words, the convergence of all these signs, when you see these convergence coming together, he says, know that we're near at the door. And folks, I'm telling you right now, 
this is, and I made this comment a lot. I say it often because it's important. We are living in a, in a time that past generations have dreamed about because we are living in the very last days just before the, the return of Christ. And one of the great signs of the very last days is the convergence, the return of, before the return of Jesus. We're witnessing the convergence of a lot of signs. So with that said, flip over now to 1 Timothy, and I'm going to uh, kind of review what I, the last part of the teaching last week was about. Because this is an amazing, the, the, here in First Timothy, in chapter 4, I'll jump right into it now. Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 4 of Timothy, Now, the Spirit, and I said the word, the last week I said if in your Bible the word Spirit's probably capitalized. It's making reference to the Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit, and that word expressly or distinctly, the Holy Spirit, he's not making any, it's not like, well, the Holy Spirit kind of thinks about it. No, the Holy Spirit distinctly or expressly says that in latter times, now that's important, those two words, latter times, and you'll see it not only in 1 Timothy, but in 2 Timothy, where we'll go during on this week's teaching, there's it's, it, when you see last days or latter times there in the Greek language it's making reference to the very 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 end not in a broad sense but in a specific sense that we're at the very end of the age and Paul says now the spirit expressly says in the very end or the latter times some people or some groups or some churches will depart from the faith and I mentioned last week that depart means to revolt or to abandon or to leave. And that word faith, it's important that you understand the word faith in the New Testament. Almost every time, it is the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And it means the the moral truthfulness of God's teachings or the truthfulness of God's uh, God's teachings. So the Bible says here, uh, some people will depart from the moral or the truthfulness of God's teachings. And I, I expounded on it at, at length last week on the program. Listen, if you're one of these people or one of these churches who says, no, we believe in the Bible, but we think that some of it is no longer relevant. In other words, we've evolved as a society. And yeah, things that God called wrong when this Bible was written as a society, those things really no longer apply to us. It's not a, it's not a hard line. Uh, what God said was evil and wrong then. We don't necessarily, we don't necessarily agree with that now. If if you find yourself in that camp, I will tell you, you are abandoning, you are leaving, you are departing from the faith. You are departing from the moral uh, truthfulness of God's teachings. And I will tell you, there is a tremendous spirit of that right now that is taking place. People who say, look, I I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. But if you're asking me to be in agreement with what everything the Bible says is right and wrong, you lost me there, Craig. And I'm telling you, if that's a position you're in, the Apostle Paul said, examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. And I, I don't mean to be harsh, but I am called to be truthful. And I'm telling you the truth here when I say this. If you can't find yourself in agreement with what God says is right and wrong, examine yourself because you are departing or you have departed from the moral truthfulness of God's teachings. 
when God said something was evil and and an abomination, when he said it and it was written, I don't care if it's 2,000 years ago, I don't care if it's 4,000 years ago, what God says is right, was wrong then is, is still wrong today. And what God says is right then is still right today. Unless he explicitly says something has changed. For example, since in, in case somebody wants to bring this up, some people might say, okay, Craig, let me ask you a question then. Do you keep the Sabbath? Because in the Old Testament it says we're supposed to keep the Sabbath. That's one of the Ten Commandments. And that's true, it is. However, if you flip over to the book of Colossians, and I'm giving you an example. In the New Testament, when something, when something that was stated in the Old Testament, there, that under the New Covenant is changed. So in, in Colossians chapter 3, and I had somebody ask me about this the other day. That's why I'm mentioning it. In Colossians chapter 3, the Bible says in verse 16, Let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. So there it says very clearly, let no one judge you regarding a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So that means, listen, and and, and it says in Romans, uh, if you think one day is to be set aside for the Lord, then 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 you, you should set one day aside for the Lord. But it says also there in Romans, but if you esteem every day as the Lord's day, then be convinced in that. I happen to think that every day is, I think every day is the day that the Lord created. And so I don't want to be, I don't want to judge anyone else in what they drink or eat or a a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath because the the Bible tells me not to. And I shouldn't be judged in that either. You may believe that uh, the Lord's day is Saturday. Then if you believe that, then so be it. God bless you. If you believe that the Lord's day is Sunday, so be it. God bless you. You should be convinced in that. I happen to believe that every day is the Lord's day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it and be glad in it. So here in 1 Timothy, I've been teaching from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, and Paul says, some will depart from the faith, and then he says, giving heed to deceiving spirits. And I want to jump right back in there and continue that after this first break. Uh, my name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. We return to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. This today is part, uh, teach, this teaching is part four on Matthew chapter 24. That's where it started about signs of the very last days that we're living in. And so uh, I started last week in in First uh, Timothy chapter four verse one. I, I, I'm I want to finish up in verse one right now, when Paul says, "Now the Spirit, Holy Spirit, distinctly says that in latter times, the very last days, some people will abandon or leave or depart from the faith." And that word "faith" again is the Greek word "pistis," means the moral truthfulness of God's teachings. And then Paul says, giving heed. That means paying attention to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And I talked about on the program last week. And listen, I know that you can tell I'm passionate about these things because part of my calling, Paul said, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And that's part of the calling on my ministry is to expose the darkness in our world, it's not a popular calling, folks. I never got into the ministry to become popular. I want to rightfully divide the Word of God 
And part of the calling on my ministry is to expose the darkness. And part of the darkness that we're witnessing right now in our world is a doctrine of a demon that says we can we can change a young boy to a young girl. We can change a young girl to a young boy. Uh, that pedophilia is okay. That uh, transvestites going into our schools and performing uh, sexual uh, innuendos in front of our kindergartens is okay. That it's okay to have books with explicit sexual immorality in front of our second and third graders. These things are wrong. And I don't care. I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm trying to be teach sound doctrine, sound biblical teaching. Folks, if you're a believer in Christ, you know what I'm saying is true. These things are wrong. These are doctrines of demons. And then it says, and, and I want to continue now in verse 2 of 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul continues and he says, speaking lies in hypocrisy. And I touched on this at the end of the program last week. I want to delve into this a little bit more. A little bit more. You know, when I was growing up, folks, I was taught that I wasn't supposed to lie. Did I lie sometimes? Yeah, anybody that says they've never lied is a liar or they're deceived. We've all lied. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. However, I try to live my life where I don't have to lie. And I know the truth can be brutal sometimes. And we don't need to walk around and walk up to somebody and go, you know, your hair looks horrible today. That's not what I'm... There's Have some discernment. But we live in a time period now. When I was growing up, Politicians were considered the cream of the crop, the best of the best. The people who ran the country, who were our, our, our spiritual leaders, our political leaders, our business leaders, the people who made decisions for the country, we, we had a certain trust that they were looking out for the good of the, our country, the good, out of, good of Americans. We've lost that. Our political leaders, they lie to us openly now about just about everything. And they do it openly, and they do it without any conscience, and they do it convincingly, and they do it over and over and over and over again because they they firmly believe that if they lie to us about the same thing over and over again, think about it. You'll see the same news. All You'll see multiple news channels uh, pronounce the same lie, and they really believe that if they do it over and over and over and over again convincingly enough, That will become the truth. It will never become the truth. We just become numb to the truth. And that's where we're at. And they do it with, they're hypocrites. They will tell you, you can't do this and you can't do that while they're doing that. They'll say to you, oh, the other side's doing this and that when they're, that's exactly what they're doing. It's a, it's part of the playbook now. They'll say, well, the other side is doing this and they're doing this while they're doing that right there. And I don't know, I know that many of you share this, but it makes me sick to my stomach to watch what I see uh, through the media right now, the hypocrisy and the lies. And I find it interesting that the Bible said it would be this way. The Holy Spirit distinctly said that in latter times, people will depart from the truthfulness of God's teachings, will, will pay attention to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy and then look look what it says here in second timothy i mean first timothy chapter 4 verse 2 having their own conscience seared with a hot iron let me talk about that for just a minute uh, just a minute having their own conscience seared with a hot iron i'm going to make this i'm going to give you a really simple word word picture here 
I'm in my mid-60s, so I'm, I'm going to give you my one example from me and then another example for a younger generation than me. Many people my age remember the Dick Van Dyke show. And Laura and Rob, husband and wife, they had when it, whenever it showed them in their bedroom, there were two beds, two single beds, and they were separated. And I don't know if you know this or not, many of you do, but there was a rule or a law that they each, if they showed them laying in their beds, they each had to have a foot on the floor on the other side of the bed. So they couldn't get any closer than that. Okay? That was the rule. That was the law then. Uh, then we can skip ahead to happy days times, okay, or the, uh, 20 years ago, and you might see a couple in bed, but they were going to be fully clothed. And what about the language? The language that was on, on TV back then, you didn't, you didn't hear a lot of cuss words. You didn't hear a lot of people swearing. You didn't, use, you didn't, you hear, you didn't hear people using the Lord's name in vain. Um, the language was much cleaner, and, and things that we saw on television then that were considered kind of racy or kind of uh, risky, think about them now. Think about what we see on our on our televisions now compared to 10 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And think about this. In the afternoon, when mothers are home with the children, and things that we see on our television now, and the language that we hear on television, and the things that we celebrate on television now, that moms are home watching and there's little kids being influenced by this. Folks, we have reached a point where our consciences have been seared with a hot iron. Things that we used to know were wrong, we no longer think are wrong. Things that we used to uh, know that were right, we consider wrong. We've lost our way that bad. But our consciences have become seared like a hot iron. Listen, the Word of God reads like today's newspaper. And here in 1 Timothy chapter 4, the Holy Spirit distinctly says that in the very last days before the return of Christ, some people, some religions will depart from the faith, and they'll pay attention to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, teachings of, of, of the devil. And they will speak lies in hypocrisy, and their own consciences will become seared with a hot iron. You tell me. Is that our world today, or is it not? I'm going to take my next break, come back. We're going to continue. I'm talking about the signs of the very last days before the return of Christ. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. More of Craig Nedro and Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. I'm continuing now. I just finished teaching in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Once again, if you just tuned in, this is part 4 in a teaching series about signs that we're living in the very last days. Probably going to continue this teaching series for several more weeks, and I'll be jumping around in several different places in the Bible. Um, I'm also going to go back in, Lord willing, I'm going to go back in soon and do a teaching series. I've done it before. It's called uh, a teaching series on a period that the Bible references as the day of the Lord. It's not one particular day. It's a time period, but I've taught on it before, and I think it's very relevant to where we're at right now in our world. And so I'm going to, Lord willing, in the future, I'll go back and do another teaching on that subject called the day of the Lord. But here I'm in part four of teaching on signs that we're living in the very last days. I just finished before the break talking about 1 Timothy chapter 4, 
uh, verse 2, when Paul says, uh, people will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And I said, that describes our world exactly today. Now, I want to continue, go from 1 Timothy right to the right, and go to 2 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy, I want to begin reading and teaching from 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm going to just jump in and continue because, again, I'm going to say it now, and then I'll ask you at the end of this. Tell me if this sounds like our world right now. So Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, but know this. Now let me stop right there. When Paul says, but know this, if you look at that know this in the original Greek language, um, I will tell you, you don't have to flip over there, but in 2 Peter chapter 3, when Peter writes his last chapter of his second book, Peter writes uh, in uh, chapter 3, verse 3, Peter says, but know, knowing this first, same to, same Greek language. And what it means is this, for lack of a better way to say it. If you don't hear anything else I'm saying, hear this. In other words, when Paul says here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, but know this, Paul's saying, I need you to understand what I'm about to tell you. This is important. Not that all the Bible's not important, but Paul says, I want you to give a little heightened uh, attention to this. Very important. Paul says, but know this. And then Paul says that in the last days. Now, if I can make a reference back over to 1 Timothy chapter 4, when I said the Holy Spirit distinctly says in latter times, here in first, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, when Paul says in the last days, it means, it, once again, same Greek word, eschatos, and it means the very, very last the very, very last days of what? The end of the age, before the return of Christ. Paul says that in the last days, and then Paul is going to describe society or describe the world. He says, perilous times will come. That word perilous in the Greek language. And I try to take time to, to point out a lot of the Greek words because it helps understand, deepen our understanding of the Scriptures. Our English language is kind of a shallow language. So when you go back and study, if you can get a concordance and look at certain key words in the Greek language, it really helps deepen your understanding of the Scriptures. And here in Second Timothy chapter 3, when Paul says, perilous times will come, that word perilous in the Greek language is the word chalagos, and it's C-H-A-L-O-G-O-S. And it means dangerous, fierce, difficult. So Paul says in the very last days at the end of the time, dangerous, fierce, difficult days will come. So let me just stop and ask a simple question. Does it seem like the last three or four years we're living in some more difficult, more violent, more dangerous times than we have in the past? You know, if you live in a major city in the United States, you're probably saying, yeah, the crime, crime's going through the roof, because it is. As we watch the news on a day-in-and-out basis, we see where um, crime is running rampant throughout this world, throughout this country, throughout our cities. A lot of people are moving out of the cities because they don't feel safe in the cities anymore. Paul says 
in his last days. Perilous, dangerous, difficult, violent times will come. And then he begins to give a description. And I'm going to read through this and I'm going to stop a, a few places and make comment. Paul says, for men will be, and now when Paul says perilous times will come, and he says for men, he's almost saying the reason for perilous times is because, and he says, men will be lovers of themselves. Now, when he says men, he means people. People will become lovers of themselves. And again, I'm going to stop where I feel like the Lord's lead me to stop and teach on this section of Scripture. When it says men will be lovers of themselves, you know, I don't know when the word humility got taken out of the dictionary, but we sure could use a dose of it right now. Because we live in a time, and I've mentioned this phrase before, this word picture, but I'm going to mention it again because I think it's it still continues to surprise me a little bit. We have a term in our society now, and it's called selfies, where people want to take their phones and either record a video or take a picture of themselves doing something either of importance or doing something not of importance and put it out there on social media. And I don't mean this disrespectfully, but if if you're riding in your car to go get a burger or if you're going to, to, to the mall to do some shopping or, or you're putting on lipstick, what in the world makes you think the rest of us care about that? But see, people are so into themselves, they'll take a picture of themselves and I don't mean to say, I don't mean to offend anybody here, but somebody needs to go ahead and say it. Most of the selfie pictures are not very good pictures, folks. The, you, you know, it's distorted. It's too close. Um, somebody needs to go ahead and speak the truth. No offense. Most people don't care to see a picture of you doing nothing or a video of yourself doing nothing. But we're so self-absorbed with ourselves, we now have a new term that's in the dictionary called selfie. And that's a snapshot of our society today. And Paul says, people will become lovers of themselves. Let me ask you, is that is that our society? Do, do, have we become lovers of ourselves? And people go, well, you know, I love myself. You know, I mean, how can I love others if I don't love myself? I get it. But we become obsessed with ourselves. Paul says, Pen, people will become lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Hmm. Again, I can, you know, I can spend a couple of weeks teaching on this stuff, and I don't know how long. I'm just going to let the Lord lead me. But lovers of money. Now, let me clarify something. Money in and of itself is not bad, because it takes money to help people. If I have a thousand dollars and I go help feed the home, feed and clothe the homeless with that thousand dollars, then money's not a bad thing, is it? If I have ten thousand dollars and I go buy a car for a uh, a single mother that needs uh, transportation to get her kids uh, around, that's not, that's not a bad use of money, is it? So money in and of itself is not a bad thing. I, you hear people sometimes go, well, the Bible says that money is the root of all evil. Folks, that's not what the Bible says. Learn the word. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money in and of itself is not evil. It's the love of money. It's when when money becomes out of whack. It's when it becomes an obsession. It becomes an idol. The Bible says you can't love money and God. But money can be used as a good tool. Money is okay. It's the love of money. 
And here Paul says men will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money. In other words, they will become where money is the, is the driving force in their life. And I will tell you, if you just look at those two things, men, people will become lovers of themselves and lovers of money. Once again, I ask you, does that describe our world today? I'm going to take my last break and come back. My name is Craig Nedrow, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedrow on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedrow. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm in part 4 of the teaching series about uh, signs that we're living in the very last days before the return of Christ. I began three weeks ago in Matthew chapter 24. Uh, last week I went into 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And this week I'm finishing up and I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 3, where Paul says, But know this, in other words, this is very important, that in the very last days, dangerous, difficult, anxious, uh, violent times will come. And he says, Lovers, um, people will become lovers of themselves and lovers of money. And that's where I finished before this last break. And I just challenge you, that's a snapshot of our society. And then Paul continues in the New King James, it says boasters. People will be so proud. And actually, it says boasters and the word proud right there. It says boasters and proud. So we live in a world now today where people want to just brag about everything they've done. They want to boast about their accomplishments. They're so proud of themselves and what they're achieving. And, again, I, I made this mention a little bit ago in the program. What happened to, the, to a little bit of humility? What happened to being able to do something and not be so arrogant about it, not be so boastful about it? Uh, you know, I, the, thing, the picture that comes to mind is sports. When I grew up, I remember there were scenes of Emmett Smith uh, running for a touchdown, and when Emmett would get into the touchdown, into the end zone, you know what he would do? He would set the ball down in the end zone and go back to his bench. When did it get to the point where there has to be such a celebration, backflips and high fives and dances in the end zone? We, we, there's such an, a spirit of boasting and arrogance and proud, over, over proud about everything. Um, and, and this is just one of several different signs that Paul's giving here. He says people will become boasters, proud. And then he says blasphemers. <clears throat> Let me expand on that word because it's important right now. You know, when I was growing up, if if somebody was um, an atheist or didn't believe in Jesus, they were kind of quiet about it. They kind of kept it quiet. And I will challenge you now that we now live in a time where those people have come out of the closet. Do you know one of the fastest, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the fastest growing churches in America and around the world is the Church of Satan? Do you know that <clears throat> satanic worship is growing at astounding rates? It used to be that if somebody didn't believe in Christ... I hate to say it, they were either ashamed of it or they weren't proud of it, but they didn't talk about it. We live in a society now where people will openly criticize God's Word. They'll openly criticize Christians and Christ and not even hesitate about it. 
That's called a blasphemer. A blasphemer is somebody who will openly talk negative about the Bible, about God's Word, about Christians, about Christ, and will openly welcome and embrace things that are anti-God, anti-Christ. That's what a blasphemer is. And Paul says, in the very last days, men will become lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, and blasphemers. Now, I'm going to continue in this teaching series again next week. I do not know how many weeks this series is going to go on. I'm going to let the Lord lead me. But let me just say a couple of things in conclusion on the program today. If you're listening to this program and you've listened to it before, I pray that you can tell and I pray that it comes across that when I teach on difficult subjects, I feel like I've been led to teach on these subjects. It would be so much easier for me not to teach on some of the difficult things that are going on in our world today and the difficult things that the Bible talks about. But that's not the calling on my ministry. And if I personally offend anyone, that's not my intention. My intention is to rightly divide the Word of God, teach the Word of God truthfully. I believe that people out there, a large percentage of people are hungry for the truth. And I appreciate your support from people that listen to this ministry and support me. I'm not asking for your financial support. I'm asking that you pray for my ministry, that you pray that the Lord continue to use this ministry for his kingdom purposes. Folks, we're living in some very dangerous, violent times. We're living in the last days before the return of Jesus. And while I don't know the day or the week or the hour or the month or the year of the return of Christ, I can tell you with 100% certainty we're getting close to the return of Jesus. And when I teach from this viewpoint... I'm trying to reach people and let a light come on that, you know what, maybe I need to examine myself and see if I'm living in the faith, see if I'm in agreement with God's Word, and understand that it's an important time that we're living in. These are serious days, folks, and I appreciate you tuning in. I'm on every Sunday from noon to 1 on 100.7 FM, The Word. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. You've been listening to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Netro, founder of Craig Netro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Netro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus, visit our website at craignetroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.